You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> and a good morning, everyone, including, uh, of course, Charlie, who sits opposite me in yes, the studio. indeed. Good morning, Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> I got to, okay, I got to tell a little background story here. <laughs> We're sitting outside in our little work area where we mm-hmm. go just before, you know, coming into the studio. And I had brought a coffee in uh, from the little uh, store across the street there, and it was a kind of a large coffee, but it's now half and getting cold. So, <laughs> and you, well, you have those moments when you can't think of a word that's so simple. Yeah. And, and I said, "Gee, Charlie, do we in the kitchen down there? Do we still have a a, 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 a warmer upper?" <laughs> and she says. Warmer upper, and then collapsed. <laughs> exactly. Are you talking about a microwave? Yeah. <laughs> so the answer is yes. Uh, I have been down and plunked this thing in it? the warmer upper. Good. So and I'm all set to rock all and roll. You're warmed up after that chilly beginning to the day. Well, hey, I'm telling you, never mind warmer upper. I was considering going into the closet there and getting my uh, long johns, you know, the little thing with the trap door in the back, because it was cold this it morning. Was fr- it was almost yeah. frosty. And you, yeah. you're obviously a little cooler than yeah, up in the those Newmark. of us. Area uh, or top in the Stouffville. Yeah, because down here near the lake, yeah. which is where we are, it's but 11 much degrees or something. It was, it was about nine, eight or nine. You know, oh, oh. it's not in the minuses know. yet. So no, I you know. know. I, and you, you shocked me and said we're expecting snow. Well, I, well, I kept <laughs> at the corner of my ear. I kept hearing things about you know snow is coming. What? Well, it eventually will. Well, I guess know. it was it, some of these long term yeah. stuff. I think yeah. they're just saying that winter is going to come a little sooner, maybe this winter than it did last winter. Because remember, fall went on oh, forever last gotcha. year. Yeah. I better get the numbers on the air because right. there, there might be folks out there who would like to talk to you. And they should put this phone number in their speed dial. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. Okay. In Toronto, enter this one in. Okay. 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. If you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know when you call in. And then uh, when you get to the air... You're going to hear that just before you... Wings. Yeah, yeah get your garden wings. And uh, their little mantra, of course, we have to repeat is uh, call early, call often. One question per call. And you can always call back and get in again. You it's know? interesting how people do know that mantra. Yeah. Now, they do like to work around it. Oh, yeah. But they do know it. It's pretty smooth. When I get emails from our <laughs> listeners, yeah. quite often they'll ask a question and then there'll be a supplementary question. They'll <laughs> go, right. I know, I'm pushing the limits here with two questions. <laughs> do I have to send two emails? <laughs> so, so that Very just go, good. yes, absolutely. One, one is all you're allowed. All right. All right. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I've been given some information. Oh, you know what? I just, sometimes I kind of wish we could just astral travel places. This weekend, yep. <clears throat> as you're living or you are anywhere near Philadelphia, there's a this incredible estate garden called Longwood Gardens. Oh. And I've never been there, but I've certainly seen pictures. It's a, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, one of those situations where actually... Uh, uh, quite an entrepreneurial gentleman Mm -hmm. back, you know, 150 years ago, 
bought a little plot of land to save the trees because the trees were going to get cut down by whoever else was going to buy it. So he bought this plot of land, mm-hmm. which eventually turned into, I forget how big it is. It's, it's like 300 acres or more now. And, and he just proceeded to create all these gardens. So it's called Longwood, Longwood's uh, Gardens, Longwood Gardens, just outside Philadelphia. But this weekend only, more than 2,000 dahlia or dahlia blooms are filling the four-acre conservatory. So the conservatory alone is four acres. Longwood Gardens and the Greater Philadelphia Dahlia Society are hosting the American Dahlia Society's 2018 national show this weekend. So known for the variety and color of their spectacular blooms, dahlias or dahlias are a highlight of the September Garden where they are in peak bloom. Um, Prepare to have your socks truly blown off. For more information, longwoodgardens.org. Org. So that would be very fun. If we could astral travel, I would make that That's, our number yeah. one priority for today. Very good. After the show. Okay. We'd have breakfast there. Ah. You know. <laughs> okay, so the Durham Master Gardeners are inviting everyone to their upcoming open house uh, this Thursday, September 27th, 6.30 p.m. Of course, this is all taking place at the King Street Community Church, 611 King Street West in Oshawa. It's a $10 admission, but there's a special guest, Lorraine Johnson speaking on Tending the Earth, How Our Gardens Can Change the World. Uh, There's book signings, refreshments, vendors. It's quite a big event. Uh, Registration is requested, but for more information, uh, just www.durhammastergardeners.ca. Coming up Monday, October 1st, the Age and Court Garden Club will be meeting 8 o'clock at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd. The guest speaker is Gloria Brocks. She's speaking on her South African travels. Oh, wow. Socializing, hang out with 150 plus other novice, regular, and or expert friendly gardeners. Uh, the Asian Court Garden Club really wants to be known as the friendly garden club. That's that's their real thing. Well, that's so, nice. So everyone is welcome. And of course, there's always refreshments and lots of fun. Mm-hmm. So very uh-huh. worthy aim. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Heading for that. Uh, <clears throat> Well, yeah, gardeners are pretty, as I've said, you know, pretty friendly people at the Yeah, the, yeah you guys time. like to share yeah, uh, all sorts of information, guys, yeah. products, whatever. No, it's true. There's yep. a long history of sharing. I, I uh, occasionally like to, you know, get some of the things from, say, uh, fruit trees where I can share some of the hard work of others. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we got to take a little break here, and then we're coming back to say uh, hi to Art in North York here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, you know, gardeners are known to be, I think, patient people for the most part. Have to be. Have to be. And that that would certainly apply to Art, who's been hanging on the line there right from the very start in North York. Good morning, Art. Welcome to the show. Morning. Morning. My question is on uh, blackberries. Mm -hmm. Now, I put a couple of branches and covered them over in the halfway length uh, so that they will root next year. Now, how long would I have to leave that before they 
get established well. So you took some cuttings from somebody else's blackberries? No, from mine. Oh, I see. Right. So okay. So from yours, have you bet they're still attached to the mother plant? They're just long canes, and you bent them down and yeah. you tagged them to the ground. I did uh, about two, a couple of them, yeah. and I was going to cut the others back to about a foot and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, post um, bearing, it's a good idea to do some some cutting back because they don't bear again on the same canes. So when did you do this bending over and and um, and you probably uh, three weeks ago? Yeah. So. Given the time of year, okay, one thing you can do to speed things up a bit is where the cane has been affixed down to the ground, where you hope the roots will at some point grow and grow into the ground, you can do some wounding, meaning just some with a razor blade or just a sharp knife, um, slice into the outer bark of the blackberry cane where you're then going to touch it down to the ground because that wounding will cause the plant to start growing and of course if it's in contact with the soil it will grow roots more quickly it will grow roots eventually anyway but it's just that can speed things up you don't want to go too deep with that cut no no just you're just going to slice the bark because you do have a thin papery sort of a bark on the outside Uh, of the cane just a little just a little bit hey yeah just like a millimeter in in just a couple little slices a couple little diagonal slices speeds up the rooting but um bottom line is i wouldn't assume you have roots yet this season you might just depends on the vigor of the plants um but for sure you'll have roots you know once we get into spring next year so you know remember soil is nice and warm right now temperatures have been optimal for growth so three weeks might have roots might not it depends how much you know we continue with reasonable temperatures uh come spring of course the ground is cold and frozen it takes a while to warm up but once it's warm and plants are actively growing you'll have the roots happening for sure by then i put a lot of peat moss with soil mixture okay around the roots yeah okay mm-hmm. and uh so i if i cut them the other remainder because mm-hmm. there's a, there the other shoots are about six seven feet long mm-hmm. yeah yeah cut them back to about a foot from the ground yes exactly foot foot and a half yep yeah and then like you're saying that peat moss yeah. later as we get colder and we get you know get frost etc good idea to protect because blackberries are not super hardy plants and our winters are so unpredictable yeah. uh, nice yeah. idea to mound them up a bit over the crown now how did they get uh, more berries i only got two quarts off one plant well well, <clears throat> be careful about fertilizing. You don't want to over-fertilize blackberries. Make sure, of course, they're in lots of sun yeah. um, and water when you have to, but you know, only if we get into drought-type conditions. Okay. But give it a chance. I mean, it takes back to the patience thing, right? It takes a little while for these plants to get established. Interesting project you've got there. Yeah, right? and the keep best. in touch with us. Let us know how, to, how got, you got through the winter with it. Blackberries. Okay. Super. Thanks, Art. Thank you. All righty, uh, on to, uh, hey, Stouffville, uh, up where uh, I live there. Yeah, that's right, your Andy, backyard. Andy is on the line. Good morning, Andy. Welcome <clears throat> to the show. Oh, good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Good, uh, a cool day today. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, good gardening day. Well, it is, that's for sure. <sighs> I have uh, two kinds of plants in a north-facing bed, mm-hmm. uh, hydrangeas and mm-hmm. phlox. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming to the end of the season... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a sip. Okay, oh, go yeah, ahead. all right, yeah, go good. Ahead. Okay. So, north-facing bed filled with hydrangeas and phlox, and you yeah. sounds like you're getting a cold. No, 
hey, just, uh, <coughs> just got a catch in your throat. Along here. <coughs> there you, there um, you go. Now, uh, uh, these hydrangeas are huge, white-headed mm-hmm. things that flop over. Mm-hmm. They they last a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm getting kind of tired of this flop over thing. And <laughs> I had heard somewhere that if you cut them back mm-hmm. early in the season, yep. like when they're a foot high or so. Yep, or lower even. <clears throat> I, I cut my hydrangeas down to about four inches. Cut them down to about four inches after they've sprung up for a foot and a half? Well, okay, so the way it works in this, remember how it works in the spring. Hydrangeas, uh, of course, if you've left them all winter, which I do, because I like yep. the, the flowers. I like the bronze flowers all, all winter. Yep. In the spring... At some point, you know, it could be April, it could be May, it just depends on what, how spring is progressing. Yep. Green buds will show up on those on the stems of your hydrangeas. And yep. what I do is instead, you know right away you're going to cut back all the dead. But if you cut back all the dead, then you have all these sort of different length of stems sticking up out of the ground with those little green buds on the tips because you right, cut back right. all the, the dead stuff. So once I've done all the dead, then I take a sort of do a lowest common denominator and I take the whole plant down to green buds because you can see where the live you know growth is starting but i go i go low i go three four inches above ground uh, ground level it helps them how how tall are they when you start cutting them back like that they're just the the growth is just starting oh because i like i'm saying the leaves haven't opened yet we're still just at bud point oh right so it's whenever that is it could be it's usually probably april mid-april early april depending on the spring so it's just really don't wait till leaves are there to do your cutting back get in there before the leaves are the buds open okay okay and that will help with the the floppiness and that'll uh that'll shorten the plant down exactly and uh, so there'll be more stock strength or not so much weight on those long stocks. Yeah, I mean, we love the flowers, but the flowers are big, and they, they we get wind yeah. and rain like we had yesterday, and also it's been very dry. Yeah. There tends to be a real flop factor. You can't do anything about it. Right. It's just the way that plant grows. That's probably an Annabelle hydrangea that you've got, and that is it, it's kind of known for that that growth habit where it just grows and grows and grows and then it just flops over. lies yeah. on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you for uh, getting in touch with us here, Andy. <laughs> nice to have you on the show. On yes, indeed. Saturday, we're you know, a little cloudy out there, but uh, a bit of sunshine showing up, too. How was it at your place yesterday with all that Whoa, wind? Oh, man, I'll tell you, it was, it was darn gusty. We had to move some furniture to protected areas right. because I got some of those chairs that going to come flying Fly. through the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, like, limbs were down? No, just a few limbs were down as we were coming through the forest on the way out. Okay. Uh, So it could have been much worse. I was going to say, yeah. I I left my car. Did you? uh, Yeah, the outer part of the property because I've got got about a mile uh, or a good kilometer through through that forest. And And if you run into a fallen tree... (laughs) There you are. You're stuck, you know? With your chainsaw in your back pocket. that's right. uh, (laughs) Trying to get yourself out to the radio show. Okay. We have to take a break here. Here, my friend. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. And uh, John uh, from Mississauga, Helen in Toronto, all waiting to talk to you here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the, the uh, Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay. Okay, Charlie, uh, let's progress to this next line here, uh, based in Mississauga. There's John. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning, 
Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, John. Um, Charlie, first of all, I don't know if I should make this comment. A um, couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of visiting a 900-acre uh, uh, nursery uh-huh. up in Linden. Uh-huh. I was in heaven. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not kidding That's you. I, we, we were running around for, with, with the car yeah. for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. wow. It's beautiful. And so did uh, you... Shall, f- I na- shall I name the, pa- the place? Sure. What was it called? Winkle Molen. Oh, I know Winkle Molen. Yeah, of you course. Know him? Yes, but Winkle Molen is not a retail nursery. No, They're, it's not. It's a no, wholesale. It's not. So they let you in, did they? Well, Charlie, I might have something to tell you on the air. I might, um, the Bambinella might be growing. Ah, nice. So you're going to become their supplier, are you? Well, not really. You know, I'm just like you said, I'm, you know, I'm an amateur thing, and I just, uh, I befriended the guy, and, 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 um, and I'm so proud that out of few branches, he must have a, around, I say, between 80 and 100 uh, trees already. Wow. Mm. Linden so, is a nice anyhow, sweet that's, spot. That's in, in sight. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I was in heaven. It, 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 it was such a pleasure being there in the fresh air. Yeah, and, it's and, beautiful. And they are such a, he's such a nice person. Oh, they're great. It's a family-run business. They're yes, lovely it people. It's been, it's been 38, uh, they've been there 38 years. Yep. Mom and, and I never even heard about Linden, but I know now. I know, yeah, exactly. It's like Linden is like blink and you miss it size town. But uh, yeah, yeah. no, the the sons have taken over the nursery mm-hmm. business. Parents are semi retired. Yeah. One of their sons, Nick, uh, came and spoke to my. Actually, did a whole um, lecture and lab with me with my students last winter at Durham College. Like they're lovely people. They're very sharing. Like right. we were saying, yeah. gardeners share. Well, so, well, Charlie, I'll tell you, I I wouldn't mind meeting Nick. Because, um, as you know, I, 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 I like to do this stuff. Yes. I like you to teach me how to, exactly, which I did before, mm-hmm. I crafted. Mm-hmm. But the way they do it, it's amazing. I know. And funny enough, he gave me, he gave me four bambinella trees that now it's the one I give to my son, mm-hmm. one I kept myself, and one to my daughter. So the bambinella, but if I may say, like I said last time, mm-hmm. the, I don't have no fruit this year because of the squirrel. Right. Now, right. now saying that... Um, Charlie, when yes. can I uh, move maybe a foot or two uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the roses? Mm-hmm. Because they're in the way of something, or they're just got yeah. Not... Well, they're a little bit too crowded. Okay, yeah, good idea. Well, how long have they been in the place they're in now? Um, maybe well, they've been six six years or so. Hmm. Uh, you can do it. Um, and I don't want to kill them. You, are they healthy plants right now? Oh, they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are because they're around seven feet, some of them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand this year. How come they're so high? It's because you feed them and look after them so well. That's I, think, I think I do. <laughs> so, okay, what you, what you could do, and this is the right time of year. We're all, you know, now that it's starting to cool down, we're really uh-huh. getting into that perfect sweet spot for moving, for digging, for dividing uh, any of our garden plants. Uh-huh. Of course, you're going to cut those roses down as uh-huh. part of this process. I would bring them right down to a manageable height so that they're no taller than, you know, 18 inches. 18 uh, inches, yeah. Kind of height. Okay. Um, 
and be really sort of prepared with what with where they're going. If you can pre-dig holes, have on hand some good quality soil for any kind of backfilling required. Um, make sure that when you lift, do everything in your power to try and keep the soil around the roots so that yeah. they don't just become mm-hmm. bare root. Uh, yeah. It's always better to do this kind of transplanting when the soil is moist. Now yeah. I don't know how much rain you got. I was gonna I was gonna tell you that maybe I moist them the morning yeah. before and then I do it in the afternoon. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And okay, then of course okay. you'll water them in once they've moved to their new location, making mm-hmm. sure you're planting at the same height they're at now. But mm-hmm. but the roses will be much happier to have a little more space for air circulation and sun penetration. So they'll be happier, healthier, you know, just it's it is a good idea if you can do that. And sooner is better than later cuz all plants transplant easier when they're younger. Okay. Oh, that's great. Okay. All right, John. Okay, thanks Charlie, for the thanks, update, John. Charlie, thanks, Frank. Oh, hey, <laughs> you have a good weekend, huh? Nice to have you here with us on a Saturday morning from Zoomer Radio. Hey, in Toronto, Helen is on the line. Good morning, Helen. Oh, good morning. Morning. I have a plant called Queen of the Night. Uh-huh. And it just started flowering. Okay. But I've had it a couple of years. A Portuguese man gave a piece to me, and I planted it. And it's really big in the pot. And also, the one stem that it has, that looks like there's going to be three more flowers on it. Would that be? Huh. I guess I'm just trying to figure out what's queen of the night. It's got a big, big hanging flower. And right now, it's white inside and pink on the outside. So, okay, so yeah, so like a pink bud. So it's a, it's a... It's white inside of it and then pink things hanging down. Yeah. Well, okay, so I've never grown this plant, but doing a very quick Google search here, I've come up with the fact that Queen of the Night is a very special kind of orchid cactus. Yeah, yeah, this is like a cactus because it has those really... Rubbery leaves. Yeah, yeah, succulent mm-hmm. leaves. Yep. Yeah, it's got these rubbery leaves, so it, it has got to be a, a cat come from a cactus family. And I have a greenhouse, so I keep it there in the winter. And in the summertime, when it gets too hot, I put it on the veranda because the veranda is closed. Mm-hmm. Now I have another shoot that just come off of it this year. Can I take that shoot out of the pot and replant it? You, yeah, you should be able to. Um, I think, just like I said, doing a real quick search here, it is a fragrant flower when it blooms, and good for you f- to get it to bloom, but it does bloom at night, which is why it's called Queen of the Night. So, of course, yeah. you have to stay yeah. up to catch the bloom, because it's going to mm-hmm. be a short-term bloom. That's uh, what they told yeah, me. Yeah, so flat, long, spineless branches. It's, modif- been, it's been a few days now. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger of the bulb. It's yeah. like it's opening. Uh-huh. Okay, they it don't like quite open, but every day it's getting bigger and bigger and spreading. So that's great. It's great. I mean, they do grow quite large. It says it's kind of a lanky, pendulous yeah, exactly. plant. It's about maybe four feet long. Yeah, that's what's a stem. It can go as more than that, as much as two meters. So, um, yeah, of course, the, what I'm reading here is for outdoor. Um, uh, growth, but yeah, it kind of looks a bit like a Christmas cactus in terms of the the leaves and stuff. So you should be able to propagate it just the way you would a Christmas cactus. A segment of that stem, either broken off or cut off or breaking off, uh, prop is uh, allow it to dry out. Of course, you don't go directly with that little piece of stem and then stick it in a pot. You have to let it sit on a piece of newspaper for a couple of days so that that cut 
end does dry out, and then it's just into a well-drained potting media. So it's a soilless mix or a cactus mix, preferably. So so, uh, any kind of a potting soil that's had uh, sand added to it, just to make sure it's really well-drained. And then in the winter, of course, we keep it on the dry side, and during the growing season, we water a little more often. And, you know, it sounds like you've got a great spot for it. It's doing that well. Well, yeah, it's in the greenhouse. The only problem is, like you say, the stem itself from the bottom to the top doesn't got any other leaves, only towards the top. Yeah. Mm. Bottom part, but there is another shoot that just came out that's full of leaves. Okay, but can I take that other shoot out of that pot? Yeah, I, you, plant it. Yeah, for sure. But just don't plant it right away. Do that little drying. No, no, no. no. Yeah, uh, the other one that's producing the flowers. Will it have three more flowers on it? But they're going to be small ones. It could because once it starts blooming, it, sh- it may very well set more buds. Oh, because one, a couple other stems on it. It's got flowers. It looks like they're going to come flower. Small flower, though. Not big one like this one is. Hmm. So this one's a big one hanging down. You should send pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you, um, yeah. Can you do that, uh, Helen? Sure. Um, I'll get my grandson to do it. Okay, all right. Sure. Get, sure. get uh, some pictures, and Frank will give you my, my email address. Okay. And I'd love to see it. Yeah. Sounds very, very cool, Helen. Thanks for the call. Interesting call indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Charlie's uh, email here at the station, c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay, there we go. Uh, Aiton, Ontario. Carol is on the line. Good morning, Carol. Hey, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I'm, I don't know whether he told you what I had. I haven't, but I was afraid I might get censored. Naked ladies, <laughs> also known as fall crocus. That's true. They are commonly called naked ladies. It's okay. Um, <laughs> mine have become smaller and smaller, the flowers. I'm assuming that the bulbs are just getting overcrowded. That's likely exactly what's going on. You would need when, to... do I, when do I split them up and where is the best planting place for them? <laughs> Um, they are an understory. They are. They do naturally pop up on the forest floor in late, like in the fall. And of course, they're called naked ladies because it's just little flowers that pop up. You don't see any leaves initially, so you won't find them at any time of year other than when they are flowering. And so that's why, if you can, n- not right now at the peak flower, but in, you know, a week or ten days from now, as long as you know where they are, would be the time to go in there. Lift. They aren't very deep. Lift, separate, replant. Just make sure that they're getting that dappled sun and shade. Make sure that it's well-drained soil. We never put any bulb-type plant into a low, moist part of our garden because the bulbs will rot if it's just too moist. But, you know, it sounds like what you've got, where you've got them is is happening and working. It's likely just that overcrowding that's causing fewer flowers. Just divide them up and spread them around. around. Yeah, and share them with your neighbors, your friends. And and so this time of year, as soon as they're finished blooming, would be the time. That would be the time because otherwise you have no idea where they are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, until spring when the leaves come up. True. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you want those leaves to be able to do their thing undisturbed. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Thank Thanks you very much. for calling. Thank you, Carol, and take care of Aiton for us, would you? <laughs> All right. Boy, we're getting uh, some great names. We've got oh my Queen gosh. of the Night and Naked yeah. Ladies in, in yeah, two yeah. calls. Well, hello there. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, they're, <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. So, and those are this is what I tell Seems my students. Seems to be a theme building here, doesn't uh, My students, right? Yeah. You know, common names and why they're not a good idea and why, you know, proper names exist. Yeah. There you go. Queen Ooh, of the Night and Naked Ladies. Uh, I'm just glancing at, oh, okay. We have to take a little break, but it's a good time to 
remind folks of our phone numbers here because we have a couple of lines open right now in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And very shortly, well, a couple of calls down the line, we're going to have a first-time caller, which will give me an excuse to reach for the bell. Yay! Okay, back in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And that Charlie Dobbin is right across the desk from me here. With Franklin Proctor. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Elsie in Tottenham. Hi, good morning. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) Excellent, how are you? Good. I was listening to your program last week about rubs. Yes. Now, so I went to my neighbor's place. I pulled the grass out. There is no roots. Right. But her person who does the lawn said there are chinks bugs. Chinch bugs. Yeah. Maybe. I think. (laughs) Charlie's not convinced. It could be. Chinch bugs do damage lawns for sure. Yep. But it's more likely to be... At this time of year, it's more likely to be grubs. But it depends on when all the yellow lawns started to turn yellow. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. Chinch bug damage is usually July. Grub damage is usually August. So that's why why I suspect grubs, if it's been a couple of weeks. What can you do for it? Frank, would you like to answer that that'd question? That would be the uh, nematode solution. You go to your favorite garden center, make sure you, you buy some nematodes, which are refrigerated. You take it home, follow the directions on the package with your garden hose and all that sort of stuff, and you spray it wherever you see the, that damaged lawn. And those little minuscule little guys work their way down into the soil and wind up eating the grubs. And that's it. But that's for chintz bugs, too? No. Chinch bug, as far as I know, the only way we can sort of fight back on chinch bugs is by doing some very sort of loving, tender loving care to our lawns. So that's top dressing, overseeding, fertilizing, keeping the lawn as healthy and happy and vigorous as you can is your best way of dealing with chinch bug. There, There are no insecticides that I know of to control chinch bug. Yeah, that's what a lawn guy said, too. But I didn't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can believe him. <laughs> oh, yeah, little faith. <laughs> I wanted to ask you. <laughs> but you know what? With okay. it, but really, seriously, top dressing, overseeding, fall fertilizing, these are all things yep. that all of us should be doing to have the happiest, healthiest lawns and and that way we have fewer weeds and fewer insect infestations. Okay. 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 All right, Elsie. Thank you very much. I might call back later on. <laughs> okay, All great. Right, that's You're fine. welcome to Don't Please Be do. a Stranger. Yeah, exactly. Coffee's always on. Call early, call often. One question <laughs> per call, and that's what she's Good adhering job, to. Good job, Elsie. Good stuff. Elsie, boy, I love it. Uh, hey, Caller oh, of Frankie, the day. here we go. Um, our caller is from Port Dover, <laughs> and that's for Kay. That's your... Uh, you get your garden wings, You're Kay. Good welcome morning. wings. Good morning, Kay. <laughs> Good morning. I know you've uh, been asked this question many times before, but when do I trim a ever- evergreen hedge? Would that be like a cedar hedge? Yes. Okay. 
uh, best time to trim any of your evergreen hedges is when they're actively growing. So in your neighborhood, that's probably, might be late May, might be early June, might even be mid-June. It's, it's, it's when that, you know when, when evergreens are growing and they get the fresh and growth and it's bright colored? Yes, yes. That's, that's trim time. Because thank you. Thank you very much. My neighbor has a magnolia tree with buds on it. Oh, well, it should have its flower buds on it now. Just hopefully they won't open until next okay. spring. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks thank for you. calling. Good show. Oh, thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. Uh, Parked over. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah, that's Gee, something I... people don't always realize. Spring flowering plants, uh, magnolias mm-hmm. being a classic, you know, that's the, the, the looks like tulip yes. flowers on a, on a tree. Rhododendrons, azaleas, even lilacs. These are plants that set their buds, their flower buds now in September oh, and October. Really? And yeah. those buds should sit there intact and dormant all winter. When spring arrives and everything starts to grow, those buds open. And that's how we get spring flowering plants. Forsythia is another example, mm-hmm. the yellow flowering shrub. Yep. All those plants. The sp- They're kind of the first ones to show. <clears throat> yeah, the, but the, the flower spring, right? buds yep. are set now, mm-hmm. which is why we don't usually do a lot of pruning now, because we'll be pruning off next spring's flowers. But but our, we keep our fingers crossed that nothing, no weather causes those buds to open up right. early yeah. in the fall. They sit there dormant until spring. I love the name of this little town, Zephyr. Mm-hmm. And there is Marie. Good morning, Marie. Welcome to the show. Morning. Good morning. Um, my question is about foxgloves. Mm-hmm. Um, I have these small foxgloves that have seeded their cells. Mm-hmm. So they're an inch wide. Mm-hmm. Um, how to keep them over the winter? What's the best way? Are they in the ground or in pots? In the ground. Um, why not just let them be where they are? Because the crowns seem to... It's so hard on the crowns, the winter. Mm. Even the adult ones, like, it's hard to keep them through the winter. Hmm. I wondered if you had any suggestions. Um, well, <clears throat> foxgloves should grow. It's a herbaceous perennial plant, so it should grow all summer and slowly but surely after we have a few frosts, mm-hmm. disappear, and it should be alive underground so that there's there's that root below ground, but all the above ground has disappeared. What I would do if you are finding that um, either the plants don't survive because it's extreme temperature extremes uh, or uh, maybe they're in a low area where you end up with a certain amount of water collection, I would pile some leaves on once the plants are dormant. So it's going to take a you know frost or two before that happens. Uh-huh. And just like we would protect the crown of a rose by piling a 10-inch pile of soil over top of the crown for the winter, I would do the same thing with any tender perennial. It's just okay. whether it's leaves or a mixture of leaves and soil, um, if it's a really open spot and all that's going to blow away, you can actually use like a rose collar around where the foxgloves are. But the idea is, you can't, if we get snow, snow is the great insulator. And it's not yeah. that we're trying to keep these plants warm. We're just trying to protect them from temperature extremes, like the, the <clears throat> warm one day, cold the next. Mm-hmm. You know, raining one day, freezing the next. So, yeah. so that's all. We, we, so we trap air around the plant. We trap air in snow, but we also trap air in soil or piles of leaves or pile of straw any of those things are wonderful to help tender plants deal with the vagaries of the crazy winters we have okay all right thanks 
Charlie. You're very welcome. Thank Good you for advice. giving us a ring. Thank you, uh, Marie in Zephyr. Hey. I know, it is a great name. Golly. Uh, Zephyr's yeah, not we, far from where you live, right? Uh, it's like New Market area, sort yes. of. North. Yes, I do believe. Yeah. I've been through Zephyr. I, I actually I know yeah. somebody lives in Zephyr. But oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Okay, we have to take a break. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm just checking do. on for, okay. for timing purposes. And then we're, then <laughs> we're good thing I've yeah. got you there because well, I just never pay attention. I know you just progress right on through, <laughs> uh, and we have to stop because our sponsors are so valuable to us. Mm, all right, that's true. All righty, and then we're coming back to say hi to Caroline in Fergus uh, right after these words on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here we go. <laughs> Caroline in Fergus, Ontario, ready to rock and roll here. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good How morning. Are you? Excellent. Good. My question is, I have spirea and Rose of Sharon bushes on the east side of my house. Mm-hmm. I would like to know how far back to trim them. Oh, uh, they're probably five feet or a little better now. Okay, so good idea. Do you know what kind of spirea that is? Uh, I don't know. It didn't even bloom this year that I know of. So many different kinds of spirea. They've been in maybe, I don't know, three years or something. Green leaves, I assume. Not like is it? It's a green-leaved spirea, as yeah. opposed to like a you know, yeah. orange or golden. Uh, okay, there are different kinds of spirea. It's a green leaf, yeah. Yeah, um, most spirea we can we shear back, um, and most of them don't grow as big as five feet, which is why I'm thinking maybe what you have is one called bridal wreath spirea. Oh, could be. I don't know. And it grows almost like a waterfall, so up from the ground, and then it cascades de- over. And when it blooms, it's all white blooms cascading, and that's why it's called bridal No, wreath. no, it's not, not like that at all. Okay. It's just a bush. It's as like far this- as I know, it's a spirea, but I'm not positive. Okay. And it didn't have any buds at all on it this year. No flowers at all. Well, the... If, you, if you're not sure about the, the shrub, you could send me a photograph, and I might be able to tell you what it is. Cause I don't have internet. I'm sorry. You, have a, you don't have a cell phone, eh? It's okay. Um, so, um, or mail me. You can mail a photograph, too. I can give you the mailing address if you wanted to do that. But bottom line, Rose of Sharon, I always do the trimming on that in the spring because you should have had your flowers. Yeah, it still has flowers on. Yeah, yeah. And, and you enjoy the flowers, and they even hold on all winter with the little fruit still holding on to the plants. In the spring, Rose of Sharon is the la- almost the last plant to wake up, and we always think they're dead because they're uh, so yeah, slow yeah. to get going. So you have lots of time in the spring to Really stand back and study the plant. Do whatever pruning you want. You can. How far back do you think it should go? Oh, you you can easily cut it down to half its current size yeah, in the okay. spring, uh, going down to where the little green buds are starting to show. And of course, keeping in mind that you're going to prune it so that it grows to the outside of the plant. So you're going to avoid all this crisscrossing on the inside. So you you yeah. clean up any anything that's too narrow, too tight, anything rubbing together. Take that all out and then bring that plant height down to what's reasonable for you to enjoy it and for it to you know be a, a, an ornamental plant in your garden. The other shrub, it's a bit hard to say because they are different shrubs are pruned differently. Mm-hmm. Spireas, like I said, we 
in the spring, we just give them a, like a, a haircut, a shearing, so that they, they, and they'll typically bloom June, July, and, but they're not usually very large plants. Mm-hmm. So based on the size you're talking about, it makes me think that maybe it's not a spirea. But uh, either way, with you know any of these flowering shrubs, we usually do our trimming after they're finished blooming, and a third to one half can be removed at that time of the growth. Okay, then. Okay. All right, Thank Carolyn. you very much. Yeah, Thanks thank for calling. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now have a great weekend. And thank you for joining us here on the uh, Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Mm-hmm. And I do believe this could be our last call here, uh, heading out to Kitchener. There's Mike. Good morning, Mike. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. I have some shrubs that I'd like to move. Okay. Uh, when would be the best time to do that, spring or fall? Wh- how long have they been where they are? Approximately eight or nine years. Hmm. So I would, if possible, do your moving in the next two weeks or sooner. Now that things have started to cool off, we can do that that moving of plants. The the one addendum, like are these plants that you really wouldn't want to risk losing? Like you really kind of want to guarantee success with this? Basically, yeah, I don't want to lose them. Yeah. So one thing you could do now, this fall, is what we call root pruning. So with a sharp shovel, you would insert the shovel into the ground, slicing roots uh, approximately... Okay, so a root ball that you're going to be able to lift and carry, say it's going to be two feet across. So for in the fall, you would uh, do the root pruning just inside that two-foot magical circle that's around the, the base of the plant where you're going to be digging it when you do lift it. Doing some selective root pruning now in the fall means that you would actually do your lifting and transplanting next spring, but the plant will not be quite as shocked because you will have prepared it for the, the shock of all these roots being severed because you are going to obviously sever roots when you move them. Uh, by doing this pruning now, you will have created some new, fresh growth off of those pruned roots, and the plant will establish more quickly. Okay. Okay. Thank Does that you make very sense? Much. You're welcome. And also, don't hesitate to cut down the top when you're doing that movement because you're leaving roots behind. You've got to take down some of that top growth as well. Thanks for your information. Thanks, Mike. Thank you very much for calling, Mike. Let us know how that is. I know I've got, I'm in the same situation, lifting. And now that the weather has changed, that's uh, part of what I'm going to be doing. Because as I told you, we are... um, we are going to move, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's plants I need to take with me. Headed toward Prince Edward County, beautiful Headed part of the province. into Prince Edward County, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. We're joining the, the the caravan that's moving out there. There just seems a lot of people moving that way. But, yeah, uh, yeah you're right. It's a very pretty part of Ontario. And uh, you're going to come uh, visit. Actually, uh, you're going to help, help unpack some boxes, oh, I think. Oh, lovely. All right. You're going to think you're on holidays, but really, you're going to be okay. at my house. I'm just looking at my coffee here. and Does it's it a, need a warming up? I, I was just going to say... I, <laughs> I gotta get a warmer upper uh, there to stick that in there. Uh, the bring old s- microwave. Oh I'm yeah, gonna, that's I'm what's gonna bring some, some rum. We'll warm me up with I that. T- I gotta tell you, I'm really quite excited uh-huh. uh, because uh-huh. uh, you know the contest that's on the air right now. You hear the sound of the jet. You call mm-hmm. if you qualify, mm-hmm. you get a chance to win a trip for two to Jamaica. A couple of beautiful spots there. Uh, I know, not this weekend, but next weekend. You're going to hear the sound of the jet on Live in the City when I'm on the air from 1 through till 3.30, and you're going to have at least one chance. Oh, to, so uh, people have to call yeah, you. Yeah, when they hear that, yeah, the sound of the jet, and then we get them qualified, and then they wait 
the next Monday morning. To find they'll out. be yeah, they're going to be eligible to win. Wow! And what, do they have to like answer a skill testing question or just went, be first in line when oh, you get that when wow. you hear the sound of the jet? Cool. You know, three three uh, qualifiers. Wow! You know? So it's I mean it's a marvelous contest, and I'm so delighted that I have a chance to be uh, part, part of it. Part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. That's going to be my, and of course it, it'll be happening uh, on Monday morning when uh, when uh, uh, Neil and Sam Houston get going. They mm. are so much fun in are the they? morning. The, oh. that's that's the happy game. Yeah, yeah. and they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are, indeed. Anyway, I'm, I'm chewing up good. your time here. All right. Well, thank you very much, Frank. Couldn't have do any of this without your help, particularly you're staying on the clock. That's really good. And uh, <laughs> Sebastian also, and callers from all over all the over. province yep. today. So thank you, everybody. Keep those questions coming. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.